Hey folks, I'm Kathy Parker with Beyond the Ball Field. This is not your typical sports show. We won't be talking X's and O's, but we will be talking about raising your family in the sports-crazed world. Let's not only survive sports, but let's learn to thrive on and off the field. So please, join us as we look at life beyond the ball field. Thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Ball Field. Today, I have the privilege of talking to Bruce Pulver. I met Bruce. I was a speaker uh, for a a luncheon um, for a group of medical professionals, and Bruce happened to be in the audience, and I saw him pulling out a piece of paper as I was speaking, and I can remember thinking, this is going to be really good and encouraging, or this is going to be really bad, (laughs) because I knew he was writing uh, to give me something. Um, I didn't know if he was critiquing all my uh uh-hahs or you knows or exactly what he was doing. But afterwards, he came up to me, and I had really prayed about exactly what to share with this group of professionals. And the one word that I could sum it up with was exposure. And little did I know that Bruce, who was sitting in the audience, had written a book called Above the Chatter, Our Our Words Matter. Above the Chatter, Our Words Matter. And it was powerful on how the words that come out of your mouth can affect your attitude, your future, and your being. And I'm telling you, when he started talking to me after I got through speaking, I was like, I want that book and I want to get this deep in my spirit. I have used uh, this a lot to be able to talk to athletes and especially my children uh, growing up. The whole premise of what comes out of your mouth is going to affect how you perform and how your attitude Um, going forward is going to be impacted about what comes out of your mouth. So, Bruce, I want to introduce you to um, Beyond the Ball Field podcast, and thank you for joining me today and our audience. And also, just if you will, will you give us some background about how you got interested in what comes out of your mouth as far as the impact of your words? Oh, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you, Kathy, for having me on today. I look forward to our conversation and and thank you for those comments. I, re- I remember that talk well and, and the look in your eyes when I brought the piece of paper up to you um, was priceless, but hopefully, and it sounds like everything turned out great because uh, it was a phenomenal talk. Well, so words. Um, I've always been, I was raised in a family, uh, a little background where my father was very, much a wordsmith, a writer, um, wrote plays, wrote poems, a uh, very quiet man. Uh, when he did speak, it was, you know, it was one of those things. He didn't say a lot, but when he did, it was very impactful. The flip side of that was um, my mother. Um, the day that I was born, my mother had quite a medical trauma. She had what's called a dissecting aortic aneurysm during labor, actually on the way to the hospital. And up until that point in time, the longest survivor of a a mother as well as a child, when a dissecting aortic aneurysm occurred, was 72 hours. Um, She was administered to by by several physicians who were visiting Yale New Haven Medical Center and who were from Tulane and had just perfected aortic valve replacement. 
Um, so she had the blessing of these surgeons working over her, uh, saved her life, saved my life. She fought for 60 days to recover and saw me first when I was 45 days old. So my upbringing was based on, uh, you know, a miracle uh, at the time of birth. And then a father who was incredibly passionate about the power of words. So those two things may not sound like anything to your question, except about six or seven years ago when I had a moment in my life where everything changed. Similar to kind of what we're going on, what's going on in the world today. Uh, I lost a job. And the morning after I lost that job, I, I woke up and, and a word, a single word was pounding in my head. So it was kind of the forging of my mother and father, I think, together. And that word was that I needed to be strong. Didn't really know what that meant, but I tried to focus on looking at the letters of that word. And I wrote a single verse with the word strong, which was the letters of the word, which became stand tall, remain optimistic. Now go for it. That's on the cover of the book. So what I decided, learned, forged, was given, however we want to describe this, was a very intentional um, attention paying, if you will, to a word that was in my mind. And I tried to be strong that day for some reason. And what I realized was every day that continued from there, as I was actually given a new word each day to write, the more I paid attention to that word, it absolutely controlled my thoughts, my beliefs, my intentions, the actions I took that day, and ultimately drove me to more positive outcomes. Whether the circumstances were different or not didn't really matter. It was how I dealt with that and the words I chose to speak to myself and out loud were totally what determined my outlook. Okay, and take that home for us with what happened um, when you started changing your thought process and changing, because you were in a, in a hard circumstance when you lost a job that you'd had for quite some time. It was the only thing you knew how to do. And so you had a family, correct? Absolutely. Yes. So a lot of, so, a lot of pressure. Yeah, there was a lot of pressure. And, and I, you know, I could have probably gone one way or the other. I could have gone, you know, in a spiral or I use these words to sort of hold on to. And it, it, you asked me, it sort of, it sort of changed my outlook. It, it changed my visual and my, my interpretation of what was in front of me. Um, I might not have been able to change the circumstances, right? But what I was able to do was start thinking more about possibilities in a setback maybe making it a setup versus an obstacle that was blocking my way. So it, 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 it took, and it still does, it still takes time. This isn't a light switch moment. I talk about that a lot. It's, it's choosing to look at, at, at a way around or through a challenge than it is looking at the challenge as being something I can't overcome. So it's a, it's a, it's a habit that I build and I built it very incrementally by just getting, you know, thinking about my thoughts, thinking about my words, and not saying what's going bad, but saying, what can I do in this situation? What can I do? And that's in, that's in life as a, you know, a professional that's, you know, as a young athlete, maybe, you know, what can I do in this 
play circumstance. What can I do in this? You know, maybe we've turned the ball over and what can I do? I can go get it back versus putting my shoulders down and saying, oh, no, what just happened? Um, you know, but that's that's kind of a microcosm. But but it just started it started me giving me the ability to sort of think through ways I could make the most of a situation. And then it opened up some doors for you because you it probably gave you the hope that you needed and also gave you the boldness that you needed to make your next steps for a new career. Well, absolutely. And to me, that becomes part of attitude, you know, and what you project, your energy. Um, a lot of times I'll, I'll talk about a visual of shoulders back and chin up is a whole lot of different visual than chin down and shoulders rolled. I mean, how do you, 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 you gain some confidence? And I believe that comes from the, from the inside. And again, it's not automatic, but you know, let me try one more time. I can do this again. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't fail unless you quit. And so I kind of started thinking through those things. Um, and it was kind of forced to right? because as you said, you know, there were family obligations there, there are, you know, my wife and my children and, and, uh, it was just a blessing. It was just a gift for me to be able to do that. And yes, doors did open because energy is contagious. Positive energy is contagious. Um, that's, you know, that's exactly right. It does open doors. I want to I want to share this story with you, um, and it has to do with um, uh, with with my family and and words that come out of the mouth. I have always said to my kids. Um, when they were playing ball, especially, um, you know, speak what you want, speak, speak instead of saying, don't strike out, say, hit the ball, you know, speak what you want, because your mind's going to meditate on that. And I have used this verse out of Proverbs 1821. It's, you know, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And my kids have heard me say that over and over and that they can quote it. Okay. But there was one particular time where I was really able to to speak this to one of my, one of my kids, and it happened to be my oldest, uh, Kyle. He was playing uh, at Clemson, dual sport athlete there, football and baseball, and it was during springtime. So he was playing baseball games for Clemson, and he was also having um, spring football practice and school. So he and he had been sick. So my husband asked me, you know, he said, "Can't you go and you know maybe help him?" And I had a job at the time where I could work remotely, so. I I went up to Clemson and I stayed with him and helped, you know, cooking meals and just several things like like that um, to be able to um, to help him through this difficult time. And um, he had played a doubleheader out of town, had gotten in really late, had a project in school to work on, and then he had spring practice workouts like really early in the morning. And I was taking him over to those. And, um, but he had taken a nap the day before, um, you know, he had taken an, a couple hour nap and so forth. And I was taking him over to, um, the early morning practice and he kept saying, mom, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And I said, Kyle, I said, come on now. You've, you had a nap. You are fresh and have plenty of energy. And 
he was like, Mom, I'm so tired of you saying that stuff. <laughs> he said, that doesn't work. I'm not refreshed and have plenty of energy. I'm tired. And I said, no, Kyle. And I just kept putting it in him. You are refreshed and have plenty of energy. I said, say it, Kyle, say it. He's like, I'm not saying that. That's ridiculous. You know, so he's arguing with me all the way, you know, over to, to, the, uh, to the field to work out. And that evening, he had uh, a baseball game, and it was um, and it was a doubleheader at home, and so he had just a full day. But he also was able to rest some during the day after classes and so forth. You know, for about thirty minutes and so forth. But anyway, he plays in this game, and he has a phenomenal game. And in between the first game and the second game, I had one of the players on his team come up to me and he was like, Miss Parker, he said, what kind of um, food do you cook for Kyle? He said, because I'm exhausted and I just play one sport. He said, Kyle's playing both sports. And I asked him if he was tired and he said, no, I'm refreshed and have plenty of energy. <laughs> so I was like, okay, it's working. It's working. He's getting it. So it is amazing on how that can relate to what we pass on to our children. And you just gave a great example about your parents and how your mom's attitude after being so grateful for her life and for the life of her child uh, and your dad being a wordsmith and how that played into the importance of that in your life and how we can pass that on to our children, especially uh, when they're going through times of, of disappointment. Mm-hmm. Oh, a- a- absolutely. And I, I think, uh, you know, I can kind of speak to you too. I, I've got a, a daughter who's a freshman and, and she's uh, pursuing the college athletics as well. She's a soccer player um, at a university of Georgia. And, uh, you know, as, as I'm sure any parent who, who has, a, you know, a student athlete who, who performs at a high level, when they change levels, they go from, you know, playing maybe their club level and, and they have an opportunity to play, you know, at a college level, they go in with high expectations because of the performance they've had at prior. And the challenge can be really overwhelming when, you show up as a freshman and, you know, there's a, a group of upperclassmen that, that basically have the positions, have done the work and earned it and deserve it. And you're now sort of a low person on the totem pole and, and walking in uh, with potentially a confidence buster because of where you've been. So um, just as an example, as my daughter showed up to uh, to school this summer, we she said, Dad, would you write a word for me every morning and text it to me so I can kind of keep myself going? And, so we did that the first 30 days of her of her workouts and training and, and all of that summer work. Uh, we did. I just tried to speak some words of encouragement into her. And I, I did it with the method of writing that I use, which is, for example, one of the first things I said to her was the word center was the word breathe. You know, just breathe. You know, what does that mean? Dad, I don't breathe. OK, of course I have to breathe. So we just broke it down. And I used the B to say, um, be your best. The R was rely on your prep. E was expect ups and downs. The A of breathe was act with calmness. Then T was take time to enjoy. The H was have confidence. And the E was embrace the challenge. So that's how we define breathe. So 
I just tried to, I think what that did was it helped activate. So what you were saying with Kyle was you were, you were giving him confidence by saying it. He absorbed it. Didn't want to believe it at the time and wanted you to not say it. Right. But then when it came down to it, he, he employed those, those words and the words drove his action and drove his ability to perform at a level that maybe just prior to that, he thought he couldn't. Let's take this to a level of pertinent for today. As everybody's going through the COVID-19, um, ending sports, a lot of spring sports, uh, a lot of uh, graduations, it's, it has a huge impact. And I'm aware that in the scheme of things, um, those are not life and death, uh, you know, ending your, your spring season. Um, but Bruce, we have to, and, and I've made this mistake of trying to dismiss it. Like I, my daughter, um, she's done with her playing days, but now she's a coach on the collegiate level and the disappointment of having their, uh, softball season come to an end uh, when they had high hopes of, if you know, everybody starts off thinking they're going to be, you know, national champions and you have those high hopes and then it all to come to an abrupt end. I think it's important as parents, and if we can do anything through this podcast, is to be able to give parents a tool to be able to use. And I think dismissing that it's not that big of a deal is the wrong thing to do. And we can help put it into perspective, but we need to realize that our kids are hurting. I mean, there's high school seniors that were counting on this senior year, this senior season. Um, there's graduations that have been, um, you know, the ceremonies that aren't going to happen. Those are those things. As an adult, we can look and say, hey, you know, everybody plays their last game or, hey, you know, you can celebrate another time. But we need to also realize that they they're hurting and we need to be able to comfort them because they're going to go somewhere and get comfort. OK, we definitely want it to be us, don't we? Absolutely. And I think more than ever, maybe the thoughts I would have about this was to really try to be present in those conversations. Um you know, we have the time now. We're we're changing our work work times and where we are, and and physically, we're with our children more now. So I would I would encourage, and I'm trying to do this to be very present with my children that this does matter, and, and to have a level of of awareness in these conversations. Um, so so that let, it, let me it, ask you, Bruce. So your daughter, yeah. freshman at uh, UGA. So this Correct. is her first soccer season there. So she had to be excited, like beyond excited about this season. Abruptly come to an end. Now she's home. Tell us about some of those conversations, some of that, if you don't mind, just yeah. sharing with us no, sure. some of that, those conversations between dad and daughter. Uh, well, absolutely. And, and, you know, just one dad's perspective, right? Everyone will have that relationship that's unique to them, but I can share with you what mine has been. So one of the first things Emily said to me, and she's, she's headstrong. She's very, um, you know, I wouldn't say, so I would say stubborn, but she really, you know, knows what she likes and what she does. And she said, dad, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be at home. I, I want to be up with my teammates. I want to be 
in the routine of the gym where I, I have all the equipment there. I want to be, you know, doing, doing the workouts. Um, and I said, you know, I, I would want to be there too. I think empathy is a number one that, yeah, this, this is where I want you to be. Right. I, I would agree with you completely, you know, but you gotta, we have to kind of step back and, and we, 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 we don't have all the answers yet, Emily. Uh, what we can do is we can take one situation at a time put our best judgment together and make some decisions together. So, you know, she's now got her at-home workout plan. Uh, no gyms are open, no places she can go. She can't go back to her high school and be in their gym. Um, you know, the whole process, quite honestly, of, of moving out, she, she, she now has to actually either make the decision to leave her year at school and in her, you know, where her living quarters, or we're actually going to go up Saturday and, and move out. Um, because they're probably not going to be back until the summertime. So we're going to do that together. And I'm going to use that time as best I can to talk with her about, you know, adjusting, not expectation, but maybe how you're able to do things. It does matter. This is a big aspect of her life. And instead of, like you said, you know, get over it or, you know, don't worry about it. Those aren't really answers. I think the answers are going to come but honestly, through conversation and through communication, because we're solving for problems now that three weeks ago we didn't have. So assuming that there's a, you know, an answer that we could just go to a regular playbook, if you will, of parenting, I think those rules have changed a little bit and being empathetic and stepping into their shoes, but also asking them to do the same for us as parents and that we're we're leading each other in a new scenario as well, but let's focus on what we can do. It gives us an opportunity to pivot, strengthen our relationships with our spouses and our children, um, with our faith. Um, you know, everything's changed. Now we have the opportunity to kind of reset, put some things uh, maybe in, in order, a different way of priority. I love that word, uh, pivot. And aren't we in a time right now where that word is strong? I, so I'm in the healthcare technology business and I'm in hospitals all the time. Although I can't be now, I can't make calls. I can't visit my customers. My customers are thinking about things so, so much more important than my, you know, proposal. I was sitting there over the weekend thinking, you know, what can I do? You know, what can I do? And, you know, I was trying to be pretty prayer, prayerful about it. And so one of the things I've started is, you know, through writing this book, I was given a challenge and that was a job loss. I started writing based on that. And I was also given an assignment. And to me, that assignment was capture every one of these words that was given to you, Bruce, write them down, put them in a journal. And then we'll figure out what's next. Well, next became a book, next became a, a TED talk, next became doing workshops, et cetera. But I can't do any of those things now. So what I've started doing, and this was early part of this week, is I put in an email distribution list for every one of my customers and prospects, you know, C-suite down. And I'm picking a word a day and I'm sending an email distribution out um, because that's something I can do is to send out that that message. So that's my pivot. My pivot isn't making the phone call for the conference call for looking at my proposal. My pivot has been, I got it. I'm, I've been given the opportunity to use a gift and 
I got an email back from a client yesterday. I, I can't even tell you my knees are shaking when I talk about this. He said, Bruce, thank you for your email. I've sent it out to our entire organization within our healthcare system that reports under me. We sent your email to 1,200 people yesterday. Wow. And the email was one word, and the word was um, uh, was respond. And it was, again, just the way that I write them in my book, R-E-S-P-O-N-D. How do we go about responding to a situation like and and so now I'm like I'm addicted to sending I can't wait till tomorrow's now. <laughs> it, it's a pivot though, Kathy, to your point. Yes. Um I was it's like what can each of us do in in putting ourselves maybe in the shoes of someone else? I mean I think of these twelve hundred people that were working in an office that are now working remote, that now may have children that they have to care for that that was taken care of in their previous routine. How do they get education and schooling for, you know, how is all this going to work? So my pivot was to take a gift that I have, which I think everyone that may be listening to this podcast, everyone has a gift. Yes, they do. So think, think about that and maybe how can I offer that to someone? And it doesn't have to be a thing. It doesn't have to be, I mean, it, it's whatever it is. And I, I wrote the word gifts. I'll share this one to you as well. One of the words I was given for the word gifts is, G-I-F-T-S, God installed features to share. Mm. We all have them. And I think now's the time that we can really press the pause button and uh, pivot and figure out what our gifts are and, and start thinking about that and taking action. Bruce, I can't think of a better way to end this podcast than to end it on that word pivot. And you're right. There are, we all have different talents. We all have different gifts that we can share. And during this time, um, it would be a time where we all need to look at that to see what, what it can be, whether it's um, praying for somebody or just sending them a text or a, a card or an email like you did um, to your client base something that we can do. Uh, my husband, we live in a real rural area, so he's not exposed to anyone, but he's cutting yards of uh, people who are elderly that, that can't do it. He loves to be on the lawnmower and he puts in his, his ear pods and worship music, but he's able to serve in that way. Uh, for me, um, I wanted to get this podcast help because I want to encourage people and have people like you that I've had the privilege to meet, to be able to share, to be able to give some hope and some insight and encouragement. So thank you so much for being a part of this and helping us to learn to use our talents to pivot during this time where this is what we can do. Thank you for joining us on Beyond the Ball Field, where we are using lessons learned in sports to positively impact our family and others. And for more information on how you can be a positive influence beyond the ball field, go to our website, beyondtheballfield.com.